VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And thank you for joining us today on Crosstalk for a News Roundup Friday. Yes, we've got a ton of stories here today. And just going through the many stories that Sandy's prepared for us today, uh, without question, we could have an international roundup and a domestic roundup. There is that much that is taking place, and uh, we're certainly going to get into it here today. But friends, uh, please do not become discouraged and want to give up. Friends, more than ever, we need people to be engaged, to understand the times in which we are living in, the need to be salt and light in such times. Friends, uh, remember that song, The Darker the Night, The Brighter the Light Shines? Certainly in these dark days, we need to let our light shine for Jesus Christ. Are you doing that? Oh, friends, it's not a time to wring our hands. It's a time for us to look heavenward and uh, certainly be occupying until the Lord does return. Well, there is much that's going on uh, in news, and uh, we're going to share a number of stories as much as we can through the duration of the program with you today. So thank you for staying tuned and tuning into Crosstalk here on a daily basis. We're going to begin with uh, the breaking news that happened just uh, not too many uh uh, hours ago here, just in uh, the last uh, couple of hours, the House Select Committee on January 6th have issued now a subpoena to former President uh, Trump in relation to the 2020, what they call, riots at the Capitol. Trump has requested to appear for a deposition on November 14th, 10 o'clock, either in the U.S. Capitol or via a video conference and provide records regarding his actions on that day. Uh, they did not ask him to appear for an open hearing, so we'll see where that goes. Also, interesting news coming out of uh, the U.K. I mean, after... Uh, a tumultuous six weeks, this is from The New American, uh, featuring the death of Queen Elizabeth and the taking of the British pound, uh, the tanking, that is, of the British pound. New UK Prime Minister Mary Elizabeth Truss, better known as Liz Truss, has announced that she will resign from that position. She took over from uh, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson after he was forced to resign following a scandal-filled year. Only a day previous, the new Prime Minister had referred to herself as a fighter, not a quitter. Something happened, folks. Trust who won a battle for the Conservative Party, that's the Tory party leadership, during the summer, resigns as the shortest tenured prime minister in the history of the United Kingdom. She will remain on until a new prime minister is named sometime in the next week. I came into the office at a time of great economic and international instability, she told reporters on uh, uh, just outside of Number 10 Downing Street and uh, went on to talk about that. Uh, it's not known who will be the next prime minister. Several uh, are speculating right now. Don't have time to get into that. But uh, Niall Gardiner, who is the director of the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom at the Heritage Foundation and formerly worked for uh, former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, is reported uh, uh, here in the Daily Signal that she discussed the Liz Truss resignation and she said that uh, for various reasons, uh, and the first couple here are, number one, that her position became untenable within her own party. There was a growing rebellion within the conservative party, really from the left of the party, who disliked her tax cut pr proposals and fought them when she launched them a few weeks ago. The left, I think, she said, have staged a coup within the party to remove Liz Truss. Of course, many conservative MPs did not support her in the original leadership contest. The liberal side of the conservative party, known as the Tory Wets, actually who have a track record of trying to depose uh, as conservative leaders, they don't like going back to the days of Margaret Thatcher. Secondly, it was a Liz Trust launch, what was actually overall a very good tax-cutting budget, a mini-budget a few weeks ago, that led to a ferocious backlash from the liberally elites in the United Kingdom from the media, but also most importantly from the International Monetary Fund, the deep state folks, the deep state behind this. Also, you had the Biden administration weighing and attacking the tax cuts there as well. The Bidens did not like what they saw with Liz Truss, a Thatcherite free marketeer. Isn't that interesting? The deep state at work, not only in the United States, but in the UK as well. 
Just the news reporting that Russian President Vladimir Putin Wednesday declared martial law in four regions of Ukraine that Moscow annexed last month. Martial law is essentially defined as putting government-run operations under direct military control. Washington Examiner reporting since Russia's expanded invasion of Ukraine began in February, it was widely assumed that Moscow's closest ally Belarus would also dispatch troops to help out, but it has not. But Belarus has been complicit in the attack on Ukraine by hosting Russian troops, allowing its territory to be used for the initial large-scale invasion, providing logistical support, enabling its airfields to be used by Moscow, and to launch airstri- for Moscow to launch airstrikes and missile strikes on Ukraine, and supplying tanks and other hardware as Russia's stocks are depleted, since Belarusian troops have not been directly engaged in the war inside Ukraine, but uh, a lot of support outside the actual conflict. Let's go to Newsmax.com. Saudi Arabia will provide $400 million in humanitarian aid to Ukraine. According to the new voice of Ukraine, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, pledged assurance of aid after speaking with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky on Saturday. Jihad Watch reporting that it was finally emerged why Saudi Arabia decided to cut back its oil supply to America. You see, in August, the Saudis had planned to push OPEC Plus to raise oil production by 500,000 barrels a day in an effort to please Mr. Biden, but Prince Mohammed ordered the increase lowered to a token 100,000 barrels a day after the Biden visit. After the visit, he was going to give 500,000 barrels a day in in extra oil production. But after Mr. Biden went there, no, we're just going to do 100,000 barrels. Even as Biden stands accused of trying to lead America to nuclear war over Ukraine, Zelensky appears to have sided with the Saudis. Zelensky has also spoken to and thanked Mohammed bin Salman for aiding Ukraine with $400 million in humanitarian aid. Compare that to the billions from the American taxpayers, but it's another international slap on the face to Biden, reports Jihad Watch. Axios is reporting that the U.S. has evidence that Iranian troops are directly engaged on the ground in Crimea, assisting Russia's drone strikes in Ukraine. That's uh, from the National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby. Uh, Russia's escalation of attacks, in some cases with the ease of Iranian drones on Ukraine since October 10th, has caused massive blackouts and energy rationing across Ukraine. Newsmax is reporting that Pope Francis said that the need to reform the U.N. was more than obvious after the COVID-19 pandemic and the Ukraine war exposed its limits. Uh, In an extract of his book published Sunday, the pontiff said Russia's February invasion of Ukraine highlighted the need to ensure the current multilateral structure, especially the U.N. Security Council, finds more agile and effective ways of resolving conflicts. In wartime, it's essential to affirm that we need more multilateralism and uh, and also a better multilateralism. But the U.N. is no longer fit for new realities, he added. I wonder what he's got in mind. Hmm, maybe this is all part of the Great Reset, do you suppose, folks? Let's look at uh, Bloomberg here. China has made a decision to seize Taiwan on a much faster timeline than previously thought. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said on Monday, shortly after China's leader reiterated his intent to take the island by force if necessary. Interesting to watch what's going on there. CNBC uh, reporting that China's military is headhunting ex-British Air Force pilots for their training skills and expertise, and the U.K. government is working to stop it, the U.K.'s Minister of Defense said Tuesday. Some 30 former British military pilots are believed to have gone to work for China to train personnel in its People's Liberation Army. That's according to a BBC report. Let's go to the National Pulse. The U.S. government actively selling potential surveillance devices to American military personnel and families on military bases that are directly manufactured by the Chinese Communist Party. The National Pulse can reveal Chinese-made smart televisions in the homes of Americans, uh, the homes of soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and their families, as well as millions of other Americans, could be collecting massive amounts of personnel, personal and technical data and transmitting it back to CCP affiliates in mainland China. Two brands of smart television primarily sold in the U.S., TCL and Hisense, 
have drawn recent scrutiny. According to the national interest, both TCL and Hisense are Chinese government state-owned enterprises. I didn't know that, did you? Breitbart is reporting the U.S. State Department on Tuesday walked back remarks questioning Pakistan's ability to keep its nuclear weapons safe by President Joe Biden, who went as far as to call the South Asian nation one of the most dangerous nations in the world. Folks, this is not setting well with Pakistan. Biden made the offending comments at a Democrat Party event at a private home in California last week, offering disorganized remarks, commenting on nuclear weapons. Generally, Biden mentioned Pakistan amid boasting yet again that he has a close relationship, not just a close relationship, but a close personal relationship with Director Xi Jinping of China. From CTV News, North Korea fired uh, artillery shells near its sea border with South Korea late Tuesday, a day after the South began annual military drills to better deal with the North Korean provocations. Let's look at the National Review. President Biden made a speech Tuesday that his top legislative priority after the midterms would be codifying a national right to abortion. Think about this, folks. His top legislative priority is to kill preborn babies. Do you understand what he is saying here? He said that this would be the top priority should the Democratic Party retain control of the House and expand its Senate footprint. He is calling upon America to put into a position people from his party so that they can expand the killing of the preborn to codify Roe v. Wade. And not just codify, it's going to take Roe v. Wade even further. The move is intended to galvanize his support among Democratic and independent women as his polling numbers slump ahead of November's midterm elections, reports in the National Review. And Life News reports that nicknamed the Abortion Without Limits Up to Birth Act, the legislation would force states to legalize the killing of the preborn babies and abortions for basically any reason through all nine months of pre- uh, pregnancy. The bill, which Democrats have named the Women's Health Protection Act, would also end bans on sex selection abortions and taxpayer-funded abortions, as well as laws that protect women and girls, including parental consent for minors. It also would jeopardize legal protections for doctors and nurses who refuse to abort unborn babies. Newsmax is reporting President Biden in an interview that will appear Sunday on social media says he would back federal funding to support people seeking an abortion. He told Progressive Now this, that he would support financial assistance for people who need to take time off from work and pay for children to obtain an abortion. Friends, how far are we going to go with this? He's going to pay individuals once to provide financial support so people can take time off from work and pay for child care so that they can go and kill their preborn child. You know, folks, it does not make sense. It does not make sense. But the God of this world is evil. Aren't we told in John chapter 10 about that thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy? Well, friends, that's what abortion does. It destroys that innocent human being, a preborn baby. And now the president making this a top priority agenda, if his party expands in the Senate and, and takes the House of Representatives back... Oh, folks, look what's in store for America. God forgive us as a nation if this is the the direction that we're going here. I've got more to share with you following the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, popular creation speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, is there any evidence for Atlantis? Chris, Atlantis was the mythical city which was submerged under the ocean. People living in the city adapted and finally evolved the ability to live underwater. Of course, this myth has no basis in fact. Humans could not live underwater, even if they swam in the water for generations. Nor have archaeological remains of such a mythical city ever been found. But there may be some basis in fact. The Bible says that there was a great civilization which was totally overwhelmed by water. This was, of course, the great flood of Noah's day. I wonder if the legend of Atlantis is really a faded memory of the flood. Even more interesting is that almost every culture around the world has the legend of the flood. 
I think all of this goes back to Genesis for truth. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. It's a news roundup day here today. Tons of stories, tons of issues that are going on, folks. But keep in mind, uh, as we are just three weeks away from an election here uh, in this nation, and and uh, the, the top priority, the top goal here of Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, is for for there to be in a majority from his party so that they can ensure the killing of the preborn. Goodbye to state laws in Texas and Oklahoma and Wisconsin and on and on the list goes. No, they want to codify Roe v. Wade, but take Roe v. Wade to to even to greater extreme limits, without limits. It's horrible, folks, what is planned here. We're talking about the killing of innocent blood. God hates the hands that shed innocent blood, we're told in the book of Proverbs. Let's get back to the news here. American Military News is reporting that Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin announced yesterday that the Department of uh, that the Pentagon will pay for troops travel to, to pay for their travel to obtain abortions as part of a broader Defense Department effort to ensure access to reproductive health care. Horrible news. Lloyd uh, directed the department to establish travel and transportation allowances for service members and their dependents as appropriate and consistent with the applicable federal law and in operational requirements and as necessary, amend any applicable travel regulations to facilitate official travel to access non-covered reproductive health care that is unavailable within the local area of a service member's permanent duty station. So if a member is, of the military is, is, is to be in the state of Wisconsin, which, which uh, uh, does not allow for abortion, our state law says no abortion except in the, the um, case of the life of the mother, that if you're, you're, you're somehow under the misfortune of being in such a state that, that protects life, that we will pay for your fees, your costs, to get to another state so you can kill your preborn child. Washington Examiner reporting the FBI's recent flurry of activity against pro-life activists follows a little-noticed action by the Justice Department in July creating a task force to defend abortion. The DOJ's Reproductive Rights Task Force was announced July 12th with the stated goal of protecting access to reproductive health care. That means abortion, ladies and gentlemen. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta, a former ACLU lawyer, heads the task force, which, according to the DOJ, includes representatives of the department's civil division, civil rights division, the U.S. attorney community, office of the solicitor general, and other offices at the DOJ, along with uh, lobbying Congress to create a federal right to abortion. The task force work includes centralizing information about the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, that's the FACE Act, the federal law used to prosecute at least a dozen pro-life uh, pro-lifers in recent weeks. And from LifeNews.com, Joe Biden's administration is refusing, refusing to address why it's focusing efforts on arresting pro-life activists amid national outcry over dozens of attacks on pro-life centers and churches. Scores of churches, ladies and gentlemen, have been targeted. There have been 74 pregnancy resource centers and pro-life organizations that have been attacked since last May, beginning with Wisconsin Family Action in Madison. The FBI has said, well, we're investigating the attacks. But the Bureau, ladies and gentlemen, has apparently not arrested anyone in connection with the attacks on pro-life centers and churches. Meanwhile, the Justice Department has charged at least 13 individuals with violations of the FACE Act since the beginning of October. Those include Mark Houck, a pro-life activist, a father of 11 accused of pushing a pro-life or rather a pro-abortion volunteer while praying outside an abortion clinic. He said the volunteer was harassing his son, and it was in his face. We covered that issue previously here on Crosstalk. But you, somehow you're able to muster up the FBI resources in the Justice Department to, to file charges against 13 pro-lifers? But what about the 160 attacks on churches and pregnancy care centers? They haven't arrested a single person. LifeNews.com. 
Michigan Proposal 3 would allow sterilizing children without parental consent. The story from LifeNews.com, Michigan's Proposal 3, an amendment to the state's constitution, is about far more than unlimited access to abortion, said Ruth Institute President Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse. It would also allow clinics to dispense puberty-blocking drugs to minors as a first step toward gender reassignment surgery without parental knowledge or consent. Are you listening, Michigan? Morse declared this deceptively worded amendment refers to individuals. If the framers of this amendment intended its provision to be limited to adults, they would have easily said so. Proposition 3 says every individual has a fundamental right to make and effectuate decisions about all matters related to pregnancy, including contraception, sterilization, and infertility care. Article 3 of the proposed potentially eliminates parental involvement in their children's decision-making, nor shall the state penalize, prosecute, or otherwise take adverse action against someone for aiding or assisting a pregnant individual in exercising their right to reproductive freedom with their voluntary consent. National Review, reporting that Stacey Abrams, the Democratic nominee for governor in Georgia, floated abortion as a solution to voters' concerns about inflation on Wednesday, explaining to a Morning Joe viewers that having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. Yeah, you know what, folks? According to Stacey Abrams, the killing of the unborn, the preborn children, is a fix for inflation. Washington Free Beacon reporting President Joe Biden's Customs and Border uh, Protection Commissioner, an advocate for sanctuary city policies, is taking criticism from within the administration for from being detached from his job, you think? Failing to address the country's mounting border crisis, even falling asleep during meetings, Politico reported on Monday. This is Chris Magnus. Biden appointed him April 2021 to lead the CPB. CBP often skips White House meetings on the border, unfamiliar with the the custom border patrol's operations, has failed to coordinate within his agency and across the Biden administration to stand a staunch record influx of illegal immigrants. Five officials who work with Magnus told Political, amazing what's going on. Daily Caller is reporting of caravan of migrants hoping to enter the U.S., reached the Honduran-Guatemalan border last weekend. Guatemalan president uh, told, uh, said the caravan, which is largely composed of Venezuelans, arrived Sunday, has around 2,000 migrants when it began amassing at Guatemala's border with Honduras. Uh, it's, it's a pass-through country. And then we understand that there is another migrant caravan expected to arrive in Guatemala in about another 10 days. Daily Caller reporting that the U.N. and other aid groups are informing migrants from across the globe how to get to the United States to cross the border illegally. Six migrants from Afghanistan told the Daily Caller News Foundation after they were apprehended in Guatemala. Migrants said that before they arrived in Guatemala that aid workers provided them with maps guiding them to Mexico so they could reach the U.S. southern border. Amazing. The Center Square reporting that Texas law enforcement officials working through Operation Lone Star are continuing to thwart criminal activity at the southern border, making record numbers of apprehensions, including human smugglers. One night, for example, the Texas National Guard soldiers assisted with apprehending a group of 717 people who illegally entered Texas, crossing the Rio Grande River in Eagle Pass. Uh, In another instance... Their teams arrested a Honduran man who illegally entered the U.S. after he crossed onto a private ranch in Maverick County. After performing a criminal background check, they found that he had an active Interpol warrant for murder in Honduras. In another instance, a DPS trooper apprehended a man in El Paso with three active warrants in Texas and New Mexico. The trooper also confiscated the man's pistol and drugs that he was transporting in his vehicle, including marijuana, cocaine, methamphetamine, fentanyl pills, and other pills. Man was charged and booked in the El Paso County Jail. Meanwhile, what is uh, coming from the Biden administration? Oh, they're suing the Arizona governor for not complying with the Biden administration demand to remove shipping containers, filling in the border wall gaps. Unbelievable, folks. From Breitbart, the overwhelming majority of border crossers and illegal aliens bust to New York City from Texas by Governor Abbott remain in the city's homeless shelter system that's nearing a breaking point, according to Mayor Eric Adams. You know, this is a sanctuary jurisdiction. They pride themselves with that. 
We're not going to prosecute. Come here. You're, you're safe here. Well, the governors have said, okay, well, send them there. And, folks, these numbers just pale in comparison to what's happening in states like Texas and Florida. Let's move on to a story here from the Daily Caller as well. A group of House Republicans sent a letter Thursday to Democratic Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser calling on her to reject two bills passed by the D.C. City Council that would allow illegal immigrants to vote in the nation's capital. The D.C. City uh, Council voted in early October to allow illegal immigrants to vote in local elections. There are at least 50,000 non-citizens living in the district. That's according to the Washington Post. Troubling stories here as well. This one from WND.com calling it probably the largest data breach in U.S. history. Los Angeles County Prosecutor Eric Neff said Chinese contractors working for a Michigan-based software company had direct control over U.S. election data through an app for poll workers called Poll Chief. The prosecutor describing the volume of data in the breach as astounding was commenting on the criminal case against Eugene Yu, the CEO of Conic, for allegedly storing Los Angeles election worker data on servers based in China. The complaint issued by the L.A. District Attorney's Office cited as evidence a message from a Connect project manager through a Chinese-owned messaging app that said any employee for Chinese contractors working on Poll Chief software had super administration privileges for all Poll Chief clients. Sam Faddis, former CIA officer, put that statement in perspective, saying an individual with super administration access to a system can do effectively anything inside the system. He or she can delete data, steal data, alter data, change programming, etc. The security breach through the Connex software was discovered by the Election Integrity Group, True the Vote. That story, WND.com. Also coming to us from the Federalist, and what city or, or what should be a major win for election integrity advocates, the Supreme Court tossed out a lower court ruling that had permitted undated mail-in ballots to be countered, counted, that is, against the law in uh, Pennsylvania. But the Commonwealth Secretary of State has other ideas. Tuesday, the court overruled the Philadelphia-based Third Circuit Court of Appeals, which had said that not counting the undated ballots would violate a provision of the Civil Rights Act from 1964 uh, regarding minor ballot errors. The Third Circuit ruling had come in response to a challenge from David Ritter, who in 2021 lost his election to the Lehigh County Court of Common Pleas, to a Democrat by only five votes after 257 undated ballots were counted. Well, but immediately after the court's decision now from the Supreme Court, after it was made public, Pennsylvania's acting Secretary of State, Leigh Chapman, released a statement saying the court's ruling does not affect the decision of the Third Circuit in any way. They're not going to comply. WND.com and what has to be one of the worst cases of bad timing ever, Katie Hobbs, the Arizona Secretary of State responsible for elections, now running for governor, uh, mailed out thousands of ballots to vote, voters, but the problem is they were incorrect ballots. A report from Just the News said Hobbs, a Democrat, blamed the blunder on a computer glitch. Republican nominee Carrie Lake says Hobbs should step aside from overseeing the midterm elections. The report said Hobbs admitted that as many as 6,000 voters got ballots listing only federal races. Folks, I've got more stories to share. Following the break, this is a news roundup day on Crosstalk on the VCY America Network. If you're like most individuals, you look forward to your vacation. Many will take great effort to consider a destination the family will enjoy, what to do, where to stay, and what highways to take to get there. Sadly, most people spend more time planning their one-week vacation than they do preparing for eternity. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. None of us has the promise of tomorrow, and our eternal destiny is sealed at death. Wouldn't it be wise to investigate these things? That's the purpose of the book, Preparing for Eternity. In this book, author Mike Gendron contrasts the truth of God's Word with the teachings and traditions he was taught for over 30 years in the Roman Catholic Church. 
he found that eternal life is not merited by good works, but is given freely by God's grace to those who put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their all-sufficient Savior. The book, Preparing for Eternity, is available for a donation of $17 or more to VCY America by calling And you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. It's a news roundup day today. By the way, we've had many, many people reach out to us, ask us for copies of that Alex Newman rally, exposing the Great Reset and a powerful, powerful presentation. If you try to get through, you couldn't. Uh, please know uh, you can obtain that online. We make DVDs available for donation of $15, a CD for donation of $6. We do recommend the DVD so you have you can see the visual PowerPoint that he did with the presentation. Uh, you can uh, obtain that by going to our website, vcyamerica.org, or by calling our switchboard at 1-800-729-9829. That's 800 800- Seven two nine nine eight two nine. We're talking about elections here before the break. WSET.com reporting that the Virginia Department of Elections said Thursday that it sent the wrong voting location information to thousands of residents in Fairfax County and Prince William County. Isn't that amazing? Must be another computer glitch. Voter notices sent to voters in seven towns contained incorrect voting location information, according to Virginia Commissioner of Elections uh, Susan Beals. She said a printing issue caused the ballots to contain the wrong polling place locations. She added that the Prince William County and Fairfax County registrars are sending out corrected notices to all affected voters immediately. Friends, this is the year 2022. How is it that we have so many printing errors, so many computer glitches, so much wrong information that is getting out there? How could that be happening? Just the News reporting that the Republican Party has won an election integrity lawsuit against Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson over restrictions that she imposed on poll challengers. Benson, per the Republican National Committee, had imposed restrictions on poll challengers, including a new credential form, an artificial deadline for appointing them, and limiting the poll workers with whom the challengers may communicate. Court says not, not so, can't, do, can't go that direction. LifeSiteNews.com, a judge sentenced a former Phoenix Democratic mayor. Uh, this is uh, Mayor Fuentes to 30 days in prison for ballot harvesting during the August 2020 primary election. Fuentes this week received a 30-day sentence for the crime as well as two years' worth of probation, just the news reported. Well, Mitch McConnell coming under fire. This from LifeNews.com, LifeSiteNews.com, I should say. The Republicans of Alaska's 9th Congressional District condemned Mitch McConnell of Kentucky for spending on behalf of Alaska's liberal incumbent Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski instead of supporting her more conservative challenger, Kelly Shabaka, who has been had the backing of the Alaska GOP. Murkowski is a pro-abortion a Republican known for siding with Democrats on issues including federal funding for abortion, far-left activist nominees to the U.S. Supreme Court, pro-LGBT federal spending, faces a three-way challenge in Alaska's ranked-choice voting system. Against Shabaka, a self-described pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, pro-American, first conservative. Why is Mitch McConnell doing that? Why did he pull money out of Arizona races to deal with this race? Uh, This coming from Jihad Watch. Yes, Jihad Watch. Mandela Barnes, the Democratic Senate candidate in Wisconsin, praised Iran's Supreme Leader Ali Khomeini for supporting Black Lives Matter, said he wanted to be the Dennis Rodman of the Assad regime and used his Twitter account to defend some of the world's most notorious dictators and repressive regimes. And he wants to be a U.S. senator. He wants to be the one that ratifies treaties. Barnes' social media post could raise questions about the candidate's willingness to align himself with anti-American and undemocratic leaders. Barnes, the Wisconsin lieutenant governor and former state legislator, has faced criticism over his repeated appearances on RT. That's a Russian state-run news network that the U.S. State Department has described as propaganda support for the Kremlin's foreign policy objectives. That's the story on jihadwatch.org. 
Epic Times is reporting a group of Wisconsin taxpayers filed a petition with the U.S. Supreme Court October 19th to put an end to the student loan forgiveness plan announced by President Joe Biden in August. Well, this was a suit filed on behalf of the Brown County Taxpayers Association by the uh, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. Justice Amy Coney Barrett turned a deaf ear to the appeal, denied the emergency petition. From Patch.com, schools across the Milwaukee area were targeted in a hoax yesterday involving false claims of an active school shooter. The effective schools included the schools in Milwaukee and Kenosha, Pleasant Prairie, Racine, Franklin, Port Washington, and uh, we understand other locations. But uh, the Racine Police Department received a call from an unknown person who stated that he was a teacher at Park High School and said there was an active shooting in the school and 15 students had been shot. Racine police said in a news release, high schools across the state appeared to have received a fake shooter report, including in Green Bay and Madison, according to Green Bay Police and also Channel 3000. Schools across the country have been targeted this academic year in similar mass swatting hoaxes. Let's get on to some energy issues. Speaking from the White House Wednesday afternoon, President Joe Biden announced the release of an additional 15 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. The announcement extends the depletion of the reserve into December as the Biden administration's war on domestic drilling and forced transition to unreliable alternative energy continues. This was his statement coming from the White House. The Department of Energy released another 15 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, extending our previously announced release through the month of December. Independent analysis, uh, excuse me, independent analysts have confirmed that drawdowns on the reserve so far have played a big role in bringing down oil prices, bringing them down. So we're going to continue to responsibly use that national asset. Going to use that national asset. How far are we going to drain down the strategic petroleum reserve? Do we understand that we've got a world that's brewing on the precipice of war and we're bringing it down so we can lower gas prices? He was actually uh, questioned by reporters about any political connection to his decision. Why he's doing this before the November election. I don't hear. Can you speak louder? <laughs> what is your response to Republicans who say you are only doing this SPR release because, to help Democrats in the midterms? Where have they been the last four months? That's my response. Is it politically motivated, sir? This no, it's not. Three weeks before the midterms. Look, it makes sense. I've been doing this for how long now? It's not politically motivated at all. It's motivated to make sure that I continue to push on what I've been pushing on, and that is making sure there's enough oil that's being pumped by the companies so that we have the ability to be able to produce enough gas that we need here at home, oil we need here at home, and at the same time, keep moving in the direction of providing for alternative energy. That's what I've been doing. Now, the problem is these guys are asleep. I don't know where they've been. Isn't that amazing? They're asleep. I don't know where they've been. I've been doing this for four months now. Yes, he has systematically been draining down our strategic oil reserves. Also, a Western Journal reported here that the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy has announced a five-year research plan to study the possible ways of implementing solar geoengineering, reflecting some of the sun's light in order to cool the earth. The White House research plan would study different ways to limit Earth's exposure to the sun, as well as the effects that this could have on the environment and human health. The focus of this plan would be on research associated with climate intervention, they said. Climate intervention. Folks, that's what's been going on here by this administration. I, You know, this is year 2022. I'm going to take it back to a, a clip that has resurfaced from 1992. 1992, okay? This is uh, an ABC program uh, hosted by Ted Koppel and is featuring none other than Al Gore and Rush Limbaugh in a debate on climate change 30 years ago. Remember how we've always told a crisis, we're just 10 years away or 20 years away or 30 years away from a crisis and all these things are going to happen. Let's just listen into a little bit of that exchange uh, that happened uh, with Ted Koppel's ABC. We've got local environmental problems, regional problems like acid rain, 
Now we've got a whole new category of global or strategic problems, which include the hole in the ozone layer, which now could appear above the United States, global climate change, the destruction of the rainforest at a rate that means they'll be totally gone in another few decades unless we stop, the pollution of the oceans and the atmosphere and the like. These represent brand new challenges that call for a new kind of response. Rush, I've, I've listened to you many afternoons, as you know, uh, and you tend to, I don't want to say you dismiss all of these issues, but at least you dismiss them as having been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, ab absolutely. I don't think that there's anything conclusive about what Senator Gore said, with all due respect. I think, for example, there is no ozone hole over the United States. Uh, if we want to get into detailed discussion of ozone depletion, we can, but uh, I, I think, Ted, that there is not a crisis. See, this is the problem I have. I don't think the earth is fragile. I don't think the ecology is fragilely balanced. And I think that the doomsday industry that is typified by members of the Hollywood acting community who say we've only got 10 years left to save our planet, we've got to act now, there's no way, if what these people say is true, that we can solve these problems in 10 years anyway. It's budget time in Washington. NASA's being cut. And I think that this, this fright and, and uh, doom scenario is designed to frighten people. Everything in this country today seems to be a crisis. We can't do anything without it being have, uh, having to face it as a crisis. We don't have any time to think about it. Uh, there are as many scientists, uh, maybe even more, on the opposite side of all of these doomsday predictions. And, and I think that that's they need not to be true. To yeah. Oh, yes, there are. That, that's not true. If I can right. jump in there, Ted, where the ozone hole is concerned, for example... The linkage between these chemicals, chlorofluorocarbons, and the ozone hole is established. There may be one one-hundredth of one percent of the scientific community that disputes it. Oh, no, no, no. It's far more than that. Ted, that the environmental movement, as, as fueled by the militants who lead it, uh, I think is the new home of socialism. The I ozone hole is threatening to open up above North America, above Kennebunkport. And still, we're not reacting. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, that's from 30 years ago. 30 years ago. And, you know, the, the, this doomsday scenario, 10 years from now, this is going to happen. And if we don't do this, this is going to happen. That was 30 years ago, and that debate continues. Let's go to LifeSiteNews.com. Uh, public records show that a major grant program requires schools that receive funding to allow LGBT clubs and policies the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention spent $85 million in a five-year grant program which compels schools to increase their support for LGBT ideology. According to a notice of funding report put up by the organization, recipients could be granted between $12,000 and $350,000 from the years 2018 to 2023. By the way, also coming out from Todd Starnes, uh, there is a great outrage among American taxpayers over the recent news News that America tax dollars have been used now to fund drag queen performances in Ecuador. U.S. Department of State has awarded more than $20,000 for a cultural center in Ecuador to host drag theater performances, all in the name of diversity and inclusion. Thank the Lord for uh, these actions out of Florida. Uh, Governor DeSantis is keeping his promise when it comes to protecting young kids from being exposed to the left's radical agenda. The Florida Board of Education approved a rule that prevents public and charter schools from allowing transgender kids from using the restroom of locker rooms that's cons not consistent with their biological sex. And the Vermont School District, they've suspended a father of a girl who pushed back against biological males in her locker room. We're up against a break, but friends, let's open the phone lines. If you'd like to comment on these or other current event stories, many of you got things going on in your location, pick up your phone, give us a call at 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. We'll be right back. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. This past weekend, we held our 19th annual Ozarks Worldview Weekend. We were filled to capacity. We were talking about the issues such as Bible prophecy. We were talking about the issues of what's happening in our world in relation to COVID, the COVID shot. And we were talking about economic issues as well. Why do I mention this to you today in my commentary? To show you that there are still people that are interested in understanding the times and knowing how God would have them to respond. 
God said that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. The church is a group of believers, ecclesia, called out ones. And we have believers that are today actively seeking to understand the times and know how God would have them respond. Some people drove for three days to be there. They came from all parts of the country, as far away as California, New York, the New England states, all the way to Lake of the Ozarks, to study the Bible and understand the times. Be encouraged. I'm so sad by the stacks of stories I have yet that I've not reported, but I must get this out as well from LifeSiteNews.com. An advisory panel of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention yesterday officially voted to include the experimental mRNA COVID-19 shots in its 2023 childhood immunization schedule. While the decision does not automatically mandate the jabs, many U.S. states use the immunization schedule to implement mandatory vaccinations for school children. Matt Staver at Liberty Council says this means that public schools will now be able to mandate the shots in order for children to attend public school. The committee voted in favor of these despite receiving thousands of negative public comments. The immunization schedule does not dictate what vaccinations are required for school entry, as only states can decide that. The panel passed it 15 to 0. Let's uh, go to the phone lines. Alice calling in from Centerton, Arkansas. Alice, good afternoon. You're on the air. Thank you so much for taking my call. You mentioned the LGBTQ, and now what they're trying to do to children. Can I just give a little history lesson? I believe it was exactly 60 years ago today. I heard this on on the radio, that President John F. Kennedy became so aware of the terrible Cuban Missile Crisis that he had to do something about it. And my husband and I just recently heard his speech as he addressed the nation on the 22nd of October, 60 years ago. I was 17. I just turned 17 the day before. And the reason I say this is, God had mercy on America because I believe the cup of iniquity was not yet full. I have a question. With all the sin that this country is accepting and the harm that they want to do to innocent children especially, how full do we think the cup of iniquity is to God? And I was also told that as the Russians, of course, went back. There was a submarine. There was a captain there. And I heard this on the radio, religious station, that that captain said, Russian captain, I've got enough ammunition on board. I think I'll just blow up New York City. And you know what? He said he put his hand on the button, but there was a power they would not let him push it. Hmm. I have a question. Is the cup of iniquity so full? Would God withhold the judgment today? May God have mercy on us. Yeah. I really believe. Repent, or we will lose our freedom. Yeah. Thank you, Alice, for those words, words of wisdom here today. We appreciate that. Let's go to Arthur in Richmond, uh, Kentucky. You're on the year. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. and as your secretary asked me what I'd like to speak on, I wish we had all day to speak on all your subjects. But what I want to say, short and sweet, all Christians across the world, we need to get up off the couch, get down on our knees, pour out our heart to God in faith that he would move and do a divine intervention because our children, they're at stake. What's it going to bring for the next generation with this evil that they're pushing on our children today from preschool on up? Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Christians, let's pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the call here today. Our number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Fred in Milwaukee, you're on the air. Yes, uh, regarding the abortion issue, I didn't hear it mentioned that Governor Newsom in California signed a bill that you can kill a baby now 30 days outside the womb. And I wanted to also thank you personally for preaching First Corinthians 15, 1-4, the gospel by which we are saved. 
Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Fred. Yeah, and we did mention Governor Newsom earlier this week here on Crosstalk. Uh, tragic. Also becoming a safe haven for those who want to uh, go and uh, have so-called gender reassignment surgery or puberty-blocking drugs or receive cross-sex hormones uh, there in the state of California. We've got uh, L.A. Next in Wisconsin. You're on the air. Thank you for taking my call, Jim. I've been reading Jeremiah 51, 52, and Revelation 17 and 18, and they really do correspond to today. These are the last days. I believe God's judgment is falling. And if you were to read Jeremiah 50 through 52, you will see it is the Lord's purpose. The Lord is raising it up. He says, I, vengeance, the day has come. It's falling. He's sending destroying winds. It's it's just, it's very heavy. But we escape, the chosen people of the Lord, and we do it through prayer, continuing in prayer, thankfulness. We have separated ourselves from the heathen. God is gathering them all. They don't see. They're blinded, whether it be from Satan or if God sends that blindness. But I suggest all the believers today would just please, please read this and just thank the Lord for his tender mercy. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Roger next, Bridgeport, West Virginia. You're on the air. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I think about this all the time. I, I wish that there was a way that our... I know we got some good military guys left and, uh, you know, true patriots out there. And, you know, I wish there was a way they could do an overnight sweep and just remove all the corruption in this country overnight. I mean, what would it hurt? You know, Roger, what, what's going on instead is that they are doing a purging of those with good morals and values in the military. Instead, we have to indoctrinate with pronouns uh, and, and uh, you know, gender trainings and so forth. Uh, there's really a purging against those who, who have moral beliefs. This is true. I was speaking to my uncle last night, and he was telling me he's a Navy uh, guy. He's, he's been in the military, and um, he was telling me how disappointed he was. He's been doing some deep, deep research, and he found out so many things, like yeah. the landing on the moon. We, you know, he says, for sure we were lied to about mm-hmm. that. Well, I know there's varied opinions on that here, Roger, but uh, keep in mind that, uh, indeed, the uh, the aspect of the many issues that we're facing here today across this land are, are at stake, and uh, we're just a few weeks from the election. And with uh, the matters that are so intense that are before us, Christians, it's vitally important that you be in prayer and that you cast a prayerful vote in this upcoming election. There is so much that's hinging on it. Thank you for the call. Our theme is already playing here at the end. We apologize to others on hold, but we don't have time for any further phone calls. Indeed, perilous times, friends. Let's live the gospel. Let's be salt and light. Share the good news of the gospel with others. Uh, That's the real solution. To see man's hearts changed, we need to turn back to the Lord. Speaking of the Lord, the Lord's day is coming. I trust that you'll be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church this coming Lord's Day. God bless you, folks. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208, or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.